things that bump in the night. Things that creep us out. Voices from another realm. The figures that move out of the corner of your eye. That odd light in the sky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of It Came from Amity. And Noah, you've seen the Men in Black movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Those good. The cinematic masterpieces. Yeah. Right. And everybody knows the movies. You know, you got Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, you know, the awesome weapons, the memory right. racer things, all that stuff. Yep. Well, today we're going to talk about the real Men in Black. But I thought the movie version was the real version. No. Unfortunately, it was a severely Hollywood, you know, Hollywoodized version of what's been reported through time and suppressed by the media, suppressed by skeptics, and suppressed by people who would scoff and say these people are paranoid and that they don't really believe that these types of people or beings exist. This better be good if you're going to scoff at one of the best movie series ever created. Well, I'm not scoffing, but what I'm even saying is that we're going to talk about a group of people whose origins and purposes are unknown except for spreading what people would be, uh, say, the truth of UFOs. Hmm. So basically, our story begins in the 50s as... Okay. Most of these UFO stories do. Right after Roswell. Right, right after Roswell. What you was know, Roswell, 47? Something like that, yeah. So three or four years. Yeah. So UFOs and popular culture start to boom. There's radio serials about UFOs. There's movies, TV shows. H.G. Wells is having a heyday. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. War you, of the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got Orson Welles on the radio talking about, you know, invasion. you got all kinds of stuff. So, in this particular episode, we're going to talk about the real men in black. Okay. And we're going to kind of cover who they are, but the thing of it is, is no one really knows. No one knows if they work for a particular agency, if they're their own agency, if they work for any world agency at all, if they're actually aliens who are just trying to cover their own tracks. That would make sense. It would make sense. So... Basically, to kind of get into the starting point here, it starts out in the 50s, and the first real sighting report that we have happened in about 53, roughly. 1953. In 1953. The world was a happy place in 1953. Yeah. And, you know... No war? Yep. I don't think. Korea. Oh, (laughs) that was a bad time. So, you have... Fifty-three, and you have these people that are starting to become organized researchers in the question regarding UFOs and aliens. You know, what are the things we're seeing in the sky? Is it really weather balloons? Is it, you know, secret military craft, or is it as people claim it to be? You know, beings from another world. So as the research becomes organized and as the researchers themselves become organized and they start to form groups and they start communicating via letters and telephone and all this stuff. This is back before the internet and computers. So. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to connect to another researcher, you know, you'd have to do it via snail mail. You'd have to do it with telephone. And, you know, and that was the, the only way. Short of flying out cross-country. And this and is during the them. Red Scare, so who knows who's tapping what phone lines. Yep. Right? And what's Red interesting... Scare? Yeah. Yeah, and what's interesting, you kind of hit a solid point, because there's actually a case where... Uh, in 1956, the astrophysicist Morris K. Jessup had been interested in UFO research and received... The first of a series of letters, and I'm going to take this from a book, so I'm not so just say I'm not plagiarizing here. Uh, flying saucers, uh, secret navy experiments, and disappearing ships, 
and Invisible Men, the correspondent signed himself as Carlos Allende. Uh, some people may actually know this as Delende Letters. Carlos? Carlos. Seems Allende. like a good guy. The letters, postmarked from Texas and from Pennsylvania, seemed important enough to the Office of Naval Research to assign a special study group to the mystery. Although official investigations seemed to bog down, Jessup pursued his independent research into the flying saucer puzzle. The astrophysicist subsequently was found dead in his automobile outside a park in Florida in alleged suicide. Ooh, like Michael Hastings. Exactly. Now, what's interesting is that it's just odd that, you know, I mean, how much research was done to determine that this was an actual suicide? Right. I mean, what, I mean, what, was there a gunshot? Was it like a pipe, you know, like a hose coming from the exhaust? Was yeah. a car crashed? It just says outside of his own. Because if you were going to commit suicide, the last way you would do it would be crashing your car. Now, I am taking this excerpt from the book Conspiracies and Secret Societies, the complete dossier. Uh, actually, this is a... Uh, it's fairly credible. Very, very credible. Um from none other than the late great Brad Steiger. It seems very unbiased too, and yeah. they actually sort their cite they cite their sources in this book. In if the back. you are so. the type of guy that are in, if you are uh, the type of person that's in UFOs and conspiracies, Brad Steiger is. He's like the Stephen King of yeah. UFOs. This basically. guy is only nonfiction. This guy spent <laughs> his entire life uh, searching out the UFO answer. And unfortunately died, I think, sometime earlier this year, I do believe. And before any of the stuff started to come out from uh, President Trump, when he started releasing some of the very scarce, uh, heavily edited uh, you know, disclosure paperwork. And, or that one guy that was just on Netflix. The, yes. Uh, oh, my goodness. I cannot remember his name. Oh, uh, the guy that worked at Area 51, right? Yeah. The whistleblower. He was on Joe Rogan. Yes. He's been on Joe Rogan. He's oh, been on name? Astonishing Legends. I just watched it, too. Yeah. Yep. I just actually yeah. read an article Very here. Very well-made documentary. Three weeks ago about him. Yes. I guess he's in trouble again. They raided him again. Yep. The FBI so. is very interested in what he has to say. The thing yeah. that it is, and I, guys, I, we really, really do apologize for not having his name. It just popped oh. onto us. But this guy, if, go on Netflix and... and or even like Google it, like you know, like Area 51 whistleblower. His name should be the first one to pop Bob up. Bob Kazar. Bob. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Yes. Yeah. Bob Lazar. This guy worked at Area 51, and he was a whistleblower. And like he, his story has never changed from the very first time he told it. Plus, there was a bunch of memes made about him too. Yeah. For like a solid week, there was just all memes of him. Yeah, Bob Lazar, and he. There for almost a decade and a half, the guy refused to do any interviews. He seems like a really credible, whatsoever. guy, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and that thing is people, oh, well, he's just looking to get rich and famous. I'm he's a scientist. Yeah, I promise you this. If you watch, if you watch the Netflix special and, they, and you see the footage where they raid his home, mm -hmm. he's not rich. I mean, let's look at it this way. Scientists live for facts, mm -hmm. right? Yep. They're very, and this isn't mean, this isn't a generalization or to put anybody down, but most scientists are very one-dimensional with their personalities. They seek out the truth, and that's all they look towards. It's fact. He's not going to sit here and come up with all kinds of crazy facts and, and try to push them off like, you know, they're nonsense, right. basically. Now, um, we will eventually do an episode on UFOs, Bob Lazar in general, and probably touch on the men in black also in that one. But it's interesting to me, like the men in black, so basically here's what happens, okay, to kind of touch on their background a little bit. So let's say you are driving down the highway and you happen to see a strange light in the sky that you can't explain. Yep. And you go home, usually within a couple of days. Now, obviously, this isn't a mass thing. But you else. got on WB News locally and claimed that your butt hurt after that because you got abducted, right? Right, right. Right. Or even no abduction. You just saw this strange light. Or yeah. you picked up a strange metal. Or usually, And these stories usually all pan out the same for the people who have experienced the real MIB. That usually within a day or two or three, they appear at your house and they'll knock on your door, and usually there's one, two, or three, and only usually one will speak. The others in the group will remain quiet. 
And what they'll do is they'll threaten you with harm to yourself or your family if you ever speak of the incident to anybody. I also heard that when they're communicating with you, usually the ones in the back that are not talking are smirking or smiling or kind of laughing, but it's inappropriately laughing. Yeah, like that. And then the one that's speaking uses like old language that it doesn't make sense anymore. Like why nobody talks like that anymore. Yeah. Their vernacular will be off and yeah. it's deadpan. Like there's no emotion. Yeah. It's, there's no, the only time that they've ever been documented to show emotion is anger with whoever they're addressing because maybe they feel like that this person isn't taking the threat serious and they'll get mad and like, you don't understand if you do this, we will harm you. We will hurt you. And and that's usually enough for some of these investigators to completely back off. Matter of fact, well, three dudes in black suits show up at my door. I'm going to listen to them. Now, they tend right? to also try to show you like CIA or FBI credentials. Yeah. Now, and they always dress in black and always dress in black vehicles with tinted windows. Almost always. So, like, if you've seen the movies, that part they had it right. is, is generally right. It, Tommy Lee Jones doesn't speak like a human, though. He's, no. He's extremely monotonous and... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, that yeah, part right. Very deadpan, <laughs> and um, so they will threaten you. And if you have any evidence at all, they almost always know that you have it without even you saying anything. Can I give you a side story about Tommy Lee Jones? Sure. When he was casted to play Two Face in the Batman movie, did you ever hear about his experience with Jim Carrey? I know he hated Jim Carrey. Did you know about the? They had a after they both got signed to do the movie, and Tommy Lee Jones has heard, has heard about it. He had watched all of his movies, uh, Jim Carrey's movies. So they're at like this fundraiser or dinner or something together, and they both happen to be there. And Jim Carrey walks over to him. He's like, Mr. Jones, I need to shake your hand. You're one of my favorite actors of all time, blah, 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 blah. I can't wait to be in this movie with you. He was really respectful and nice. And Tommy Lee Jones just refuses to shake his hand. He's like, I cannot condone your buffoonery. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> he literally I, said that to Jim Carrey. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing that basically I know Tommy Lee Jones despised him. He hated him, dude. Him. That, I, that story just makes me laugh every time I hear about it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, anyway. He's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, he's very dry. Um, so you have these men that will show up to your home and they'll make threats to you, your family, they will, and without you ever saying anything, they'll say, we want your pictures, we want your film, we want, you know, whatever it is you have, yeah. your material that you have that you collected from the crash site or that fell from the sky from this, uh, you know, from this aircraft that was in the They're sky. They're basically covering their tracks. And they want it, and they'll tell you that it's important to the nation protection security. to this yes to the nation security the security of the free world the security to the galaxy and they'll give whatever example they want to to basically say this is why we're taking this mm -hmm. and so what it boils down to is they'll do it through coercion in some cases even report that they didn't speak at all that it was all telepathic that they could hear the voice within their head, but no one was actually verbally talking. God, that is so weird. Can you imagine that? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean could you imagine you're just sitting there, you mind your own business, you're at home, you're watching TV, you're enjoying a meal, and then all of a sudden, you hear this on your front door. Right. Right? And you go up, and there's these three people, and they're just, they look weird, their skin tone is weird. Yeah. Uh, most cases actually uh, said that the men almost never have hair. No facial hair, no hair on their head. Just, I mean, almost as if they were just mannequins in a suit, right? And their faces are always shaped weird. Like, if from a distance, they would look like you and me. Yeah. But up close, they're... they're, they're they look like Max Headroom. Yeah, they... they you they, know? Like they've, they, they've said that their eyes are, like, if you do get to see their eyes, they're almost, like, like oddly at a slant. Like, they're not Asian, but they're not almond like ours. They're just an odd yeah. shape. Like, so the reports are almost always the same. Um, God, how would you sleep after that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, like that's saying, like, there's been, there was one case in particular where a guy was visited by MIB and he didn't eat for three solid days. Can you blame him? No, I mean, you're, you're basically forced with, uh, or threatened with force. And, you can't explain how these three men knew that you contained any evidence at all. Like, you didn't tell anybody. If you see it, so they come after you after you see it, or do they come after you after you start to vocalize it? Uh, it's been both. 
um, in one particular case, there was um, a researcher, and it's not, I didn't actually see it in Brad Steiger's book. doesn't mean it's not there. I just, I scanned it. But um, there was actually a case in New York where a researcher had seen something and, took and, fo- and taken photos, supposedly. And he got a phone call. Now, this is like back in like, I think, if I remember the story right, it was like back in the 70s. And he got a call at home. And it's from, a, he's like, uh, is this Mr. So-and-so? And he's like, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to be coming to meet with you. Within minutes, there's a knock on his door. And the voice from the man that's talking to him at the door is the same voice that called him. Now, mind you, this is 70s. There are no cell phones. So how did this, I mean, was he just, like at a, at a coffee shop? Was he at a store? You know, this is the 70s. So he's like, knocks on the door. The guy says, are you Mr. So-and-so? Yes, I am. He's like, well, we're from the government, and we need to collect your photos. And I think if I remember right, he actually had some material, too. Like some kind of like Was odd he a pedophile because it sounds no, like he's a pedophile. No, we need your photos. Yeah, we need your photos. Men in black suits. Uh, yeah. So he's like, um, okay, and he had a very strong sense of unease because from his report, they just there was something about the way they talked and the way they looked. Telekinesis through the phone line, maybe. Maybe they were right outside his door the whole time. See, that's the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't have a clue because it's odd that, like, if it were you and me now in 2019 and someone made a phone call like, hey, you know, this is, you know, an agent from the CIA and we're outside your door. You need to come to the door. Yeah, it's believable. Okay. In the 70s, that would, that would freak anybody out because how would you have possibly called me and been at my door within five minutes? Yeah. Unless you were right at someone else's house. They did have coffee. rudimentary cell phones in the 70s, though, but they were, like, very basic. and They were massive, and they were owned yeah, by the military. They had to be attached to the car or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it would have been very odd. I mean, off-putting, really, yeah. for anybody to be like, what? So he demands the material... Uh, the metal and the photos or whatever it was this man had. And he demands it and he gives it up. And now he obviously reports this to his researcher buddies like, hey, I was visited by men in black. They took what I had. I don't have the material anymore. And what's odd is he even reports there was someone else in the car. That One man approached the door, there was another man at the bottom of the step and he could see a third man in the car sitting in the car at the window slightly rolled down and he reported that when he made eye contact the, 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 third, the third individual in the vehicle turned and looked at him and when they made eye contact he rolled the window up. But he could tell, but the man wasn't wearing a hat. Right. So there, he's bald. The men at the front are bald. They're all wearing sunglasses. All of them. And it's like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And they're all wearing sunglasses. It's dark. Why are you wearing sunglasses? And the reports that I've read and I've heard are all similar. That they're trying, they, like they feel they're hiding their eyes for a purpose. That they're hiding their eyes so they don't really see what those eyes look like. You know, so, you know, because there's obviously in their... And the researchers claims there's something in their eyes that might show them to not be necessarily human. Well, most of human communication is done through the eyes. Right. That's a huge important factor of it, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, so they don't. They obviously don't want to give themselves away because you can tell somebody's off when you look in their eyes. And, right. And it's different. So you know, even if the even if it's just the shape of their eyes are off, because I mean, I could look at someone and be like, man, why does his eyes look so weird? And why does his eyes look just like this guy's eyes? Like, but now there have been also reports, and I, like I said, I've just scanned this part of Brad Steiger's novel. But it seems to me that in other reports that I've heard, especially off of uh, like coast to coast and stuff like that, where there have been individuals, and I've seen some YouTube videos where people have uh, interviewed 
uh, supposed witnesses of the MIB, and they have seen the eyes of the men in black, and they're not necessarily human. Like, they, they don't look like human eyes. Like, they might have the same colors or whatever, but the shapes are off. Like cat eyes. I don't know. Like, so that's the problem is they never... And here's what kind of shakes me up and makes me somewhat skeptic of that is the fact that they never go on to actually describe what they look other than being slightly slanted. But yeah. the problem it is is they're not given as an Asian description. Like these men don't look like it's they're very vague, Asian. isn't it? It is very vague. So okay, fine. So they're somewhat slanted, but they're not Asian. So right. it does it does have some connotations as to like, okay, well, how like I don't necessarily say they're false, but I would love to actually hear more. I imagine an alien's eyes to be close to that of like Spider Man's big and wide and his are kind of slanted right like they go off to the corner spider-man's eyes right that's kind of how, how, how i am imagining them yeah i know? don't that's the thing is like i wish there was actually more like there's been no real like photographic evidence like there was one that was put on facebook not long ago uh not facebook sorry but youtube and it was where two men were coming into a building they're all dressed in black you know they uh, had sunglasses on and like black fedoras, mm-hmm. and it was like a, a literally a screenshot of a, of a like CCTV footage. But that's all you see is a still. They're literally had just come in the door, and what was odd is they were coming through like a corporate type building, so it wasn't like a residential or an apartment building. Mm-hmm. So what they were doing there, like I. Could have been fake, too. My, yeah, my thing is, my two theories are either it was completely staged, that particular piece of footage, or uh, someone took that footage and took it out of context. Could have been a Comic-Con where two people are trying to be Blade. Yeah, I mean, it was odd because, like, know. I, it's weird because I've never seen reports or heard reports where they were meeting someone at their job. It's yeah. always been at their residence or where there's no proof the of either way you were there or not. Yeah. Basically, uh, there was one report that I remember hearing um, an interview that Jim Harrell was doing Nick Redfern, where uh, a gentleman in England actually encountered a supposed MIB at a bistro, and he was dressed weird. He always had sunglasses on, constantly grinning, would not wipe his expression off his face. For the tone never changed. And at one point, and he gave his name, and he told the individual, "I'll be back, and I'll be back at the same bistro. I want to talk to you again in like a year or something like that." It was some time frame he wanted him back. He came back thinking, "Well, I'm going to try, you know, just see, you know, if he does show up." And he shows up in the exact same suit and tie, the exact same hat, the exact same pair of sunglasses, and and most unnerving at all to this witness, the exact same grin that he would not wipe off his face. Wow. So I, it, to me, it just seems like there's, there, there's, I think, I don't think the MIB necessarily is a, is a, it's a falsehood at all. There's too many reports. There's too many, there's too many facts and figures and there's too many people who said, I've been visited by these men uh, in some cases, there's been women, and the women usually present with the they, they'll have hair, but they've almost been described as it's almost has the unlifelikeness of a wig, like it doesn't really move. It almost like hangs in clumps, like yeah. a wig will, so it doesn't have that natural flow like hair does, um, and it's almost always either blonde or brunette, never reds. It's always wears the same. Right? So it just hangs there. Wind doesn't typically blow it, it feels like, like in a lifelike manner from descriptions you hear. Do the women always have those stupid looks on their faces? No, they're almost described the same as the men, where it's just this expressionless, emotionless face. And the women almost never talk unless the witness is a female. So... um, So the the accounts have been varied, but but they follow the same formula. Right? So there's, okay, give this up. You know, you need to give over your evidence for the sake of mankind, the world, whatever. And then when there's questions being asked from them, they might be start becoming agitated and irritated. Now, it's not just with UFOs either. Uh, there's a very popular, you know, you're uh, a fan of the Mothman prophecy, right? 
uh, yeah. Point Pleasant. So there's actually been reports that, okay, see. So I'm not a fan of the movie. I just think the, the concept is cool. Yeah. So supposedly, the, you know, you have, and we're going to touch on this just momentarily to get to the, it's not just necessarily UFOs, but uh, like the Mothman prophecies of Point Pleasant in West Virginia, the men in black made an appearance there as well. And continue and and from the reports I've I've heard and read that um, they continue to visit Point Pleasant on a semi regular basis whenever new evidence is uncovered about whether it be UFOs yeah. or the Mothman and when someone finds something of interest uh, the Men in Black will show their heads. It's almost like aliens don't want to be seen, which we know that because if they wanted to be seen, they would make it evident. Yeah. It's almost like when you like are walking in public and you trip and you hope nobody sees it, but you do everything you can to cover it up. Right. That's basically what it is, right? Right. And so that is what raises the question is who is the MIB? Who are they? Yeah. You know, is it its own agency? But the thing of it is they, they will show FBI credentials. They'll show CIA credentials. Well, Sam and Dean on Supernatural showed FBI credentials. It's not like it's that hard. Right. Right? So... The question is, who are they? And notice how it said in the book, I read that earlier, it said they flashed credentials. They didn't show credentials. Right. So it's just the same. You could get like a freaking fake badge at the dollar store. Hey, look, FBI. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. He's wearing a black suit. Must be. He knows my name. He knows he must be. You See, know? and that's what unnerves a lot of these researchers and witnesses. And they don't even always are researchers. They could just be witnesses. Yeah. And what has frightened these witnesses and researchers all the same is the fact that they know who they are and what they saw, even when they've told nobody. Yeah. So like there's been several reports. Now that's the theory is that these people may not be humans. They very well not be aliens trying to cover their own tracks. So, the theories are prevalent. There's a cornucopia of, of theories about who mm-hmm. they are. Now, uh, a lot of skeptics will say that the MIB are, are hoaxers. But the thing about it is, let's say, let's say that's true. How do some of these hoaxers know the details of some of these sightings when some of these people have never even spoken a word of it? And what would be the purpose of these hoaxers to silence these witnesses and researchers? What would be the purpose Well, if they were just hoaxers? First, let's say the reason they know about it without you telling anybody, either they telekinetically read it from you or they were there when it happened. Which means they would have to be part of it. You saw a spaceship crash into this mountain, right? You were driving the spaceship, weren't you? Right? Right. So that's the theory is that they are themselves the aliens that are being spotted in the sky. Yeah. And the second theory is they're really FBI trying to cover up the never-ending alien conspiracy, which is so tired. You know, it's, it's like, at this point, you would think that the FBI would just be like, yeah, they exist, okay, fine. Well, okay. You know? All right, so maybe you know, so there was film that was actually released of the Navy pilot who saw the UFOs, right? Did you see that? I don't think so, no. So it's been a while back, but these Navy pilots spotted some UFO. Now, at the time, they didn't know what they were looking at, and they still don't technically know, but they saw a UFO, and they tracked it. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to catch up with it, but it always stayed in front. No matter how fast the pilots went, it would stay in front. And they were commenting about what they're seeing. And there's audio that goes along with the footage. Well, it got released to the media. There's a guy who is a rock band uh, member I cannot remember what band his name is Tommy DeLonge or DeLong. Sounds familiar. And he actually has his own private like uh, disclosure group where they research UFOs, uh, witnesses and sightings and, and footage and all this stuff. And his group is the one that released the footage. Well, the Navy came out recently and said, yes, that footage is real. And those are UFOs. Oh, and by the way, he should he should never release that, and we don't know where he got that because that was never supposed to be released to the public ever. Wow, 
So they just admitted their guilt, basically. Yeah, the Navy comes out and says, yes, those are UFOs. We have Now, what they didn't say in their release is that, well, it's alien craft. They just said, well, UFOs. it's UFOs, which is just a vague term. It could for, be something we're working on for the next world war. Yeah. Right? I mean, it could be some Russian craft that we don't know about right. or some, you know, or, you know, we or Chinese craft. We have no idea who yeah. it belongs to. All the Navy said is yes, those are UFOs. They didn't say they were alien UFOs. They just said you're UFOs. Yes, they are. We don't know how Tommy Long got that and it never should have been released. So the Navy is basically said that they're kicked off some investigation to try to figure out a who got that to his uh, to his group, and number two, why he didn't contact the Navy to say, "Hey, I got this footage." Well, I wouldn't have contacted the Navy either because they'd take it from you. Yeah, right. So. It's interesting, and we, we'll touch but on... But the fact that they just openly said, well, yeah, that's UFOs, he shouldn't be posting it, it kind of makes you think maybe the government isn't behind it. Right. I mean, it does kind of... In the past, whenever this is brought up, it's always been the government just completely ignoring it, completely ignoring it. Yes. So... Okay, so... Tommy DeLong, he's an American musician, and he is with Blink-182. Oh, that's right. Okay. So... Yeah, it's weird that the government would own up to it this time. And he shouldn't have posted that. It is UFO. In the past, they would just ignore it, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, at this point, there's so much, like, uh, disclosure uh, movements going on. Everybody wants to know, you know, hey, is Area 51 really what people say it is? Mm-hmm. And like I said, we'll touch on UFOs more. But it, if... If this is really what's going on as far as, like, the Navy coming out and saying, yeah, they're UFOs, really, I mean, the, the Navy almost could have took the next step and said, we're pretty sure that's alien craft. Yeah. But they're not going to. All they did is, like, yeah, it's definitely UFOs because it is an unidentified flying object. They have no idea where its origin is. They're being as truthful as possible. Without being truthful. Without risking their skin, right? Right. Like, they're being vaguely truthful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and of course, you know, when the Navy said, you know, you could almost hear the collective gasp of, you know, ufologists everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they just admitted it. Well, kind of a yes and no. Like, yes, they identified that they're admitted they're UFOs, but they didn't say it's alien UFO or it's Chinese UFO. Because yeah. then the truthers would come back. You admitted the U- to aliens. No, we never said aliens. Right. That's what they could, you know, yeah. employ there. So, but the fact of it is that Tommy DeLong got this footage, and it wasn't public footage. The Navy didn't release the video. It was leaked from the Navy. Yeah. So somebody wanted Tommy DeLong to have this that works in the Navy. I'm surprised Tommy DeLong's still alive. There, you know, <laughs> oh, wait, this isn't the Clintons. That's, well, that's, you know, it's the oddest thing. That, uh, you know, he runs this institution and this group, and you know, he's a very big proponent of full disclosure. Okay, fine. You know, if there's nothing to hide, then tell us what, what's going on. And if, even if it is UFOs, the most are you know, alien UFOs, and we are being visited at this point in time, I would say the majority of the human race is mentally prepared for that. Yeah, I think it would be uh, if they told the truth and it was something like, yeah, okay, we're going to be honest with you. We were visited back in 1947 once by the aliens when we were testing nuclear bombs because they saw it from wherever they live and thought, this earth can't handle this, a nuke. So they came down here, their ship got corrupted somehow, and they fell. That's the only time they've ever visited. Then I, I think most of humanity would be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. But, I mean, I, I do think, and, and the thing of it is, is like, you know, you have people, you know, especially like on the religious front, he's like, well, that's not, that's not, you know, how can that be? And I'm like, just because there's other beings on other planets doesn't necessarily erase your religious belief. Yeah. It, it doesn't negate that at all. We could do a whole podcast on religion versus extraterrestrials. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, and we'll and like I said, we'll do more UFO stuff later. But the fact of it is, is that 
ever since the first public sighting of a UFO, well, at least in modern era, you know, the 50s, mm -hmm. there have been reports of men in black. But what is odd is that there's actually ancient texts that go back and say that people have seen weird things in the sky and been visited by someone else and not described as men in black. The men but, in black robes. But they were, they, they were these strange men who were telling them not to tell these strange sightings. Don't you write that on that tablet. Right. I mean, essentially, that's what it boiled down to <laughs> is that don't put that on that parchment. Don't chisel that in there. You're not telling people, right. the people in the village about what you saw. Yeah. There are certain ancient literatures that do kind of talk about other beings talking about, we know what you saw and you're not telling anybody about it. Yeah. Um, so this men in black thing is not as recent as we the think. The 90s. <laughs> you, know, as, you know, it's not as... You know, even going back to, you know, the movies, you know, going back as far as like, you know, this stuff. And I and I, I we can get into and we will eventually we'll get Mothman and Ender Cold and all that stuff down the line. And Ender Cold is an interesting case all by himself. If, even if you know anything about him. But like the whole men in black thing. And I mean, I could go through Brad Steiger's novel right now or his book, and I could go through and literally read every letter of what he says about men in black. Um, but to me, what's interesting is not even just what he lists in the book and, uh, and like even what Nick Redfern has talked about in his Black Diary. Mm -hmm. And that's a book you need to read too, Noah, is The Black Diary by Nick Redfern, and I will let you borrow it because it is awesome. Okay. But... Um, the whole thing, just the overall envelope of what men in black could be. To me, it's almost a mystery, not of the threats and them showing up and, and with their appearance. It's almost, to me, one of the most intriguing things about them is who are they really? Even if it was, which I'm, I'm not a true believer in a lot of stuff like this. I think it's more fun than anything. Mm -hmm. It's more fascinating than anything. And I think it's fun to explore all options, right? Even if it is true, if it's not, whatever. It's still fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves talking about this kind of stuff. I'm leaning more toward they're most likely, if they exist, they're most likely government, right? Like CIA or whatever. Um, what, was I, what, was that, what was my point? What did you say before I just... About I just who they off, are. The who they are. I think they're most likely CIA trying to cover up something because they don't even if it didn't exist from what it sounds like is they don't want mass panic. They don't want more distrust in their organization from the American public, you know? Well, what's, there is a prevailing theory that it's actually the government and the aliens cahoots with yeah. each other. They're working, you know, they're, you know, one hand washes the other, right? Yeah. So that's one of the prevailing theories. Now I do want this to, just like Noah said, we will, there's a lot of topics we'll talk about in our podcast that we're not necessarily true believers of. Yeah. That we might come at this completely as skeptics. It's just fun, and in order to get the most fun out of it, you have to put yourself in the reality that it is real. Yeah, I mean, right? Because, and I will never tell you straight up that I don't believe in this. Like the Men in Black thing, I'm totally open to their existence, yeah. uh, that they're real. I'm, I'm, and by the way, there is a, there is a difference between being a skeptic and just a complete non-believer. A skeptic is a person that goes, okay, I'm open to them existing, yeah. but I want more evidence, right? That's what a skeptic is. Yeah. Someone who is just a complete and total non-believer will say, no matter what you show me, I'll never believe it's true. And then you have the true believer that says, I will believe every single letter that's ever written about this topic ever. I think most people are skeptics. I, I think you have to be, if, you, if you're interested in the paranormal or conspiracies at all, you have to be a skeptic. Yeah. You have to be a true skeptic. You can't be a total closed-minded non-believer or you can't be a true believer who's so gullible they'll fall for anything. Yeah, you can't just be, you know, you know one of those people who are, you know, fall to every flight of fancy. Yeah. You know, because if you do, then you're just, you're just going to believe everything. Well, it's the same thing with, like, ghosts and stuff like that. Like, if you're a, a Christian, even, 
you have to believe in demons because they're in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You have to believe in them. Yep. You can't just cherry pick and say, I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you believe in demons, what other possibilities does that open up as far as the afterlife and all right. that stuff? I'm and, not saying I believe in like ghosts and all that stuff. I'm saying there's a possibility, but I'm not, I, I only know so much. Right. I know my little world and what's around me. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's anybody. I mean, yeah. Like I could tell you, and this is kind of, I, I could tell you I've had my own personal experiences with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, I've captured audio I cannot explain. Aside from, I'm pretty sure that there was a disembodied voice yeah. speaking into my medium. You showed it to me. I remember it being pretty creepy. Like, I, I believed it. Yeah, I mean, now, as to what its true origin is, you know, can it be... Like you said, is it a demon who's just trying to masquerade as somebody or something else? It's possible. They've been known to be that trickster. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that too. But it's, like I said, it's kind of to let everybody know here that we're, we're not always going to be that believer in our topic that we're bringing up. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about topic. We're going to talk about the research. We're going to talk about the white witness accounts. We're going to talk about you know the research that's been done uh, the extensive research has been already done by other people about it. And we want you to decide right. if it's real or if it's not, because really that's up to you. This isn't like, you know, a political podcast where, okay, we have hard facts and figures, or if it's an historical podcaster, or, or if it's um, a science podcast where, okay, we have data here. We just have yeah. people talking about their experiences and, and, you know, just because they've had these experiences doesn't mean it's necessarily true because it could have been in their own head. One time, I got a story to share with you. One time I was at Walmart. <laughs> this is so crazy. And I was looking at, like, uh, computer monitors, and one of the price tags was wrong. I went, I grabbed the monitor. I was like, I'm going to get this. $200 monitor for 28 bucks or whatever they had messed up on it. So I took up the register. She went ahead and did it for me. I came back there. The price tag was changed. I didn't see anybody do it. I get home with my new monitor. Three guys in black suits showed up. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're here to take back your monitor now. Right. You didn't see it. But no, I, but I, I just want people to know that there is, we just, some of these topics we, like, we've talked about long before we did we started recording for this podcast and something that we both kind of shared was that a we both had a love for the paranormal the supernatural in the same way that you love action movies or you know you love baseball right whatever and some of the stuff that we're going to present we're going to present the data as we have it the research as we have it the experiences we have it and present it to you, and it's your job to believe it or not. It we we're yeah. just presenting it like, and some of the stuff we might personally believe exists, some of the stuff we might personally not believe exists. But the fun is in the discussion, right? And, and we're well, also going to dig up conspiracies too, because those are just as interesting. Yeah, I mean, guys, like guys, like we talked about in the intro, there will be things that we talk about that's not necessarily paranormal. It might be conspiracy, it might be supernatural, it might be true crime. We're going to kind of get into the the. I, yes, we're going to get into the darkness of humanity. Of humanity, and we're going to talk about these different things. Where it's ghosts, cryptids, UFOs. We're going to talk about conspiracies, true crime, Black Dahlia murder. Yeah, DB Cooper. I mean, right. we're, we're going to talk about all this stuff. We're going to talk about NK Ultra, Project Paperclip. We're going to talk about Project Blue Book. There's yep. going to be all this stuff we're going to talk about, and it's and guys, there's so much material. I mean, I can't wait. Um, and it, just like... If, Wendigos. Wendigos. Those are yes. another cool topic. Skinwalkers. Right. Guys, I mean, seriously, there's so much we could talk about. And it's up to you to believe whether or not it's true or if this is just a fun discussion talking about the what if, which is a lot of it for me. And yeah. it's the what if. And, uh, and we'll just talk about it. And this is going to be a fun thing. If you guys listen to our, our political podcast that we have, you know that we put out good quality content every week for this pot, for that podcast. This podcast is going to be the exact same where the quality is going to be there. We're going to bring you this discussion. We're going to talk about it in depth as much as we can based on our own research and knowledge. 
And so what are your thoughts, your closing thoughts on the Men in Black? Because you're a little closer to Aliens than I am as far as, I think, believing um, or, or accepting that it's just an everyday thing. They exist, right? Like, I'm a, I might be a little more skeptical. I'm not sure, though. As far as, like, I, I, I guess, like, my, I'm no more closer to one way or another, honestly. Yeah. I mean, looking at the excerpts that I have at Brad Steiger's book and listening to Jim Harold's podcast, Astonishing Legends, uh, Nick Redfern's book, uh, the stuff I've seen on YouTube, I don't think I'm any closer to having a defining opinion of yes or no yeah. than I was at the beginning of the podcast or at any time I've ever talked about them or read about them or heard about them. See, I've had like a firsthand experience with what I thought was a legit UFO. I told you about it. Mm -hmm. I literally, to this day, I can't explain it. I didn't jump immediately to aliens. Like it was one of those things where I saw it, I was freaked out, and then it was just like, couldn't have been. Let's go get sand, let's go get food, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, like I, I think. <laughs> but now when I think about it, though, I get goosebumps thinking about it. But it's like. Part of me doesn't want to accept it, you know? You know, it's just like this. There, I was listening to Astonishing Legends last week, and they had a, a, a paranormal researcher from Ohio they were talking to, and I wish I could remember his name. But he actually collaborated on the Weird series, like Weird Indiana, Weird Ohio. Mm -hmm. They're great books. And um, he was actually talking about the difference between Ohio and Indiana. Like, basically, they're like, Ohio people recognize that they're weird and that they have a weird history and they've got weird things happen and they acknowledge it and they're very public about it. Where here in Indiana, we have a lot of weird things that happen and we don't talk about We're it. a lot more conservative with our image and yeah, information. because we don't want to look like wackadoos. But the thing about it is, is like there is so much cool stuff that even happens in our home state. Yeah. And, I mean, you have everything from... Step Cemetery down in Morgan Monroe State Park. You've got Central State in Indianapolis. You've got um, the Crump Theater down in Columbus that is supposedly haunted. The Haunted Indian Grave a mile from here. Yes. Not even a mile from here. Yes, the Haunted Indian Grave. Uh, in our own hometown of Edinburgh, Indiana, you've got the Pixie Theater that I've personally investigated and have captured EVPs at. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much just within our home state, and it's like, why are we hushed about that when there's so much cool stuff? People are just too worried about their image. They are, and they don't want to be... Uh, you know, they don't want to be labeled as crazy. Yeah. You're but right. you're not crazy. If you talk about something, you know, I mean, just have fun. Talk about whatever's on your mind. Who cares, dude? I mean, the only you I, know? And, and the thing is, like, I can tell you that, I mean, I've had experiences in my life since I was probably 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Maybe a little younger than that. Not UFOs. They've all been, like, uh, I guess you could say ghostly in, or in, their, in their origin. Um. Almost all of them, whether it be a disembodied voice, say I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. Uh, I've done that too, but it's always been after like 24 to 48 hours of no sleep where yeah. you just see something move. And then that's a different, that's, that's yeah. sleep deprivation. Psychosis. That is, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, and I, I, know I will never discount your experience if you're, you're, you're te genuinely telling me because, hey, I had this experience. But if you're over here and you're like looking to contact every news agency, newspaper in the surrounding area to tell about your report. You're a fame chaser. Yeah, you might be looking for that 15 minute of fame. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, guys, seriously, I think that we're going to, this being our first podcast, I, I'm genuinely and, and genuinely excited to. That, that's part of, the, sorry to interrupt you, but that's part of the reason why I, I don't publicly want to talk about my experience. I've told you and I, obviously the person I shared it with, I had an experience and I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want people to think I'm making stuff up. Right. Like I could literally call him right now and he would confirm everything I just told you. And I I've done that for somebody, mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't feel like it's necessary to go on a rant about it or explain it to everybody because right. it's my experience. Right. 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 So, and, and that's something that we need to do is like, Oh, didn't I need to kick the table. I really want you listeners to, and that's the thing is like, we will, try to launch a page for, for this podcast as well. And if you guys have an experience that you want to share with us, share it. 
and not all not all um, communications or um, not all coincident. What is it called? I'm just mind blanking with the paranormal or the dead or whatever you want to put it has to be negative. Like you can have, you know, the other day I was sitting with a friend and like a monarch butterfly landed in front of us and he was like, that's my sister. Like I, I feel her around me right now. That kind of thing is acceptable and you're not crazy by saying stuff like that. But yet when you start going negative and darker towards it, that's when you're labeled crazy. You yeah, know what I mean? It, it is a little weird when it, when you start to do that, and I yeah, def, and because like yeah, because you know there's the um, old wives tell that if you see a carnal, it's a loved one watching yeah. over you. But if you hear someone in a house telling you to get out, yeah, or you hear that evil growling in an EVP, then all of a sudden you're nuts. Yeah, and um, it's weird, man. It's just whatever kind of light you shine it in. It is what it is. I you think know? what it is is people want to believe in the light side of it. Yeah. But they don't believe in the more darker side. They can't accept the darker side. And, I, and there's got to be both. I mean, because even if like you do the ghost thing, I'm like, say, okay, like, let's say you believe in the ghost thing. I, there's, a per, there's a really popular theory that says that however you were in life, you're probably going to be in death. Every positive has to have a negative. Right. So right? If, you're, if you're a great guy in life, you're probably going to be a pretty cool spirit, right? You're probably, you know, you're not going to be too menacing. And if that ca- is the case, you probably went to heaven. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> then you get these guys, you know, these hauntings where people are getting scratched and things are getting, like, moved around and people are getting knocked around. You're probably jerking life. You know, right. you're probably that guy that, you know, we're telling kids to gather along. The drunk, and, alcoholic, wife-beating cowboy. Yeah, you were probably yeah. not a good dude. So, like I said, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff uh, in the coming weeks. And, um, like I said, I'm hoping that we'll launch a podcast soon or <laughs> a Facebook page soon highlighting a specific podcast that way we can talk about this very stuff in real time let you guys comment and share and that way we can advertise to you when the topic of the uh next week the following week's podcast will be released and what that topic will be it's fun we're just doing this out of fun we want to have fun with it so let us know what you think yeah oh and if you've been followed by the men in black comment try to get a selfie with them next time they come too yeah Smile big. (laughs) I've been uh, Noah. And this is Casey. Signing off. Have a good week, people.